Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Talking 313 podcast. Today, I have the fan favorite back here with me. My favorite special guest, Brett Jansen, is here with me. Brett, how are you today? Doing great. Glad to be here. Always, always a blessing to have you here. Uh, you know, we got some some good, some bad, <laughs> a lot to talk about yeah, here. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, yep. We were trying to, to, you know, this was probably something we were thinking about. Oh, let's just keep it a quick one. You know, who knows where this goes. We're going to try and keep it under 45 minutes. That's the plan. Hopefully uh, we can do that with another podcast coming up Sunday that I'll highlight later on in the show. But without further ado, let's get into this Michigan basketball situation. Oh, oh boy. So they played two games, and I think both of the games were crazy influential. So I think we're going to kind of just talk about one at a time. Not because normally we kind of just lump in like both games that happen in the week. I think we got to talk about each game here. Very separate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As you, as everyone should know, Michigan's on the bubble, so you win. Just gotta win. It's pretty much that simple. You lose, you might be sitting at home, might be in the NIT tournament, which uh, Logan would tell you stands in stands for, not in the tournament. But one of the games they played was Wisconsin. They played them at home. Believe that was a Sunday game. I was I was juiced. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was constant at home. They won 87 to 79. It took overtime to do that. Uh, Hunter Dickinson made a three-pointer buzzer beater to say he gets to overtime. He's a dog. Brett, what do you got from that game? I mean, that was a fun game to watch. You know, some of it is frustrating, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, you pulled it out. Hunter Dickinson, you know, showed up when he needed to. That was a lucky shot that he hit at the end, but... It went in. That's what matters. Able to pull it out in overtime. I'm glad that we were able to. Get I said this. Done. I think I said this to you guys, and I, I heard it a couple of places. He looked like when you're in the driveway playing against your dad when you're a kid, yeah, and they just like pull up that, that game winner shot. They kind of just throw that baby up there, and it goes in, yeah. and then he just kind of like he just stares at everybody. Uh, oh my gosh! It was <laughs> what a moment from the Chrysler Center. Oh yeah, for sure. On Senior Day too. Yeah, that's right. It was Senior Day. Yeah, another thing about this game is I, I don't have the exact quote. I honestly don't. I, I, I've heard the quote. I couldn't tell you it. Hunter Dickinson hinted that he was going to be back next year. You know, it's not necessarily the biggest surprise as he's come back the past two years, and I don't know if the NBA really even wants him at this point. Uh, but that that's I think that's probably very exciting if you're a Michigan fan, just the fact that we don't have to do this with Hunter Dickinson, wait for him during the – whole draft process is we're probably going to be waiting on another guy that I think we're going to highlight here, especially in, in both of these games. But in this Wisconsin game, a guy who went for 28 points, Kobe Bufkin, just absolutely balled out. And uh, these two games, as we get into this Illinois game, we'll probably talk about a little bit more, probably cemented him as a, as a place where he is going to be going to the draft. Would you agree? I would probably agree with that. I think, you know, uh, Kobe Bufkin has been one of my favorite players on this Michigan team to watch this year. I bought a jersey. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I think with how he's been playing recently, I think he is deserving of going to the draft and getting drafted. I think he uh, has the talent to do that. I think it wouldn't hurt him to come back another year and develop some of his skills a little more. Selfishly, I'd oh, kind of yeah. say that and hope for that. Uh, but I would not be surprised and somewhat expect him to go to the draft. Yeah, I would agree. I think Kobe Bufkin's probably one of my – I mean, so Jordan Poole was my favorite Michigan Wolverine. 
I I loved him before he hit the shot. I loved him way more after he hit the shot. That's what they all say. Okay, no, <laughs> we all know. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we're not going to do this. Uh, Kobe Buffett is my favorite Michigan basketball player, I think, since Jordan Poole. And I mean, no, y'all like all Jordan Poole wasn't that long ago. But still, I think other than Jordan Poole, he might be two in my favorite Michigan basketball players list. I, I really love Kobe Buffkin, and I would love to see him in a Michigan uniform next year. It it would it would make make my day, uh, but we kind of get a little off topic from the Wisconsin game there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Talking more about this Wisconsin game, I just think it was it was obviously a huge win. Both of these teams are on the bubble right now. Wisconsin is still in, and we're not. Uh, this was the case before last night's game against Illinois, and I'm sure that helped maybe separate us a little bit more. However, I think that that win could be big. Over, uh, over a Wisconsin team when you look at the, the way that the tournament could shape out, depending on, you know, how this, this home stretch of basketball goes. I think if you get swept by Wisconsin because they lost the game at Wisconsin, mm-hmm. if you get swept at Wisconsin, that could be a big, you know, X next year name that could, could definitely put you below them when you're looking at an at-large bid. And then obviously you have all the, the nonsense that happened last year with that uh, – the handshake line at the end of the year and yep. it was just nice to get a win For sure. it was sure. it was a very nice win and the biggest thing and i'm going to try and segue this into the illinois game here uh, the biggest thing was we've had so many terrible tough breaks throughout the year where we can't make a shot at the end of the game to 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 win the game put us into overtime and we finally made one and then they get to this illinois game and oh, I've seen, oh gosh, other than going into halftime with one timeout, which is unacceptable, I think this was Jawan Howard's best coach game of possibly his career. I wouldn't disagree with that. If you look past the timeout, I would not disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, the timeout definitely is something you can't do. I don't want to say it necessarily hurt them. Like they definitely, there were some times where Illinois was about to get on a run where you wanted them to call a timeout, but it felt like the storm kind of weathered to a point, you know, maybe if it has two timeouts there, maybe it's a different outcome, but you can, you can only, you can only look and, and hope. I feel like at that point, but he got the ball to Hunter Dickinson at the end of regulation, or it was, a, it was, I don't remember which one, if it was the end of regulation or overtime to tie the game, Hunter Dickinson made a bucket massive insanely big you know that's something that michigan fans have been asking for all year they're like oh can we get the ball to hunter dickinson in these late game situations and now you've done it twice and it's worked out twice and then you're down three well i don't know if i wouldn't quite say him yucking up that shot would necessarily count but it worked twice (laughs) it worked twice all i'm saying is is he's probably our best college basketball player and he should be getting the ball, and he did. And then you have a situation where you're down three, and you need a three to tie it. You're not going to get Hunter Dickinson the ball here unless, you know, because from where we were at, you're not going to get Hunter Dickinson the ball. I understand if you maybe get him the ball when you're on the baseline like we were in that Wisconsin game. But from the sideline at the kind of by our bench, I don't think that's that's going to be where you want to get Hunter Dickinson the ball. And Jawan Howard draws up this play for our best three-point shooter, that is probably well okay one of our two best three-point shooters that is probably one of 
the better plays I've seen drawn up, and Joey Baker just airballed the three. Yeah, I don't think you could have asked for a better look. No, you really couldn't. And I think Joey Baker blew it. It was time to note up or shut up, and Joey Baker couldn't get it done. I really I like Joey Baker. I uh, I think that he's a guy that when you look coming into the year, when when we got him, it was said that he may not play very much because what our plan was was Frankie Collins was going to be the point guard, Jalen Llewellyn was going to be a two guard, and Kobe was probably going to start at a three. We were going to play a little bit smaller yep. with maybe Jet or Terrence playing the four and then having – you know, Hunter Dickinson at the center. And then Frankie Collins left, and then Jalen Llewellyn tore his ACL. And so now Joey Baker's, like, probably our first guy off the bench, second guy off the bench, which isn't necessarily what he was brought here to do, but is something that I think he was capable of doing. And, and he's had flashes where, like, okay, this dude is legit, but he has cold splashes, like what he has been in this Illinois game. And, right. and he didn't he didn't shoot well in the entire game, really, he made a, maybe one three or, or had a layup. He had a couple points, but not much. Um, it was a tough, tough ending for for him and a guy and just this Michigan team, and it was just brutal watch. I mean, sitting now, that was – if we win that game, you know, your tournament outlook is pretty good, I think. I would agree with that. And now we're sitting – Outside the bubble, not out of the tournament, but outside the bubble. Right. Oh, it was just a. The other thing before we move on to their tournament outlook and all that, I the and who they play next, I. I have to give this team props for just how hard they fought, throughout the whole entire game. I mean, they got down. I think double digits in that second half. And they just battled back and ended up getting up a couple, ended up taking it to overtime. The first overtime, yeah, they blew it. They were up six or seven with two minutes left, and they let Illinois come back and tie it. But just like every time Illinois throws a punch, and a lot of times you see this in big-time basketball, when a home team throws a punch in their arena, it's tough to bounce back. Right. And I think this Michigan team just bounced back time and time again. Much thanks to Hunter Dickinson scoring 31 points, Kobe Bufkin tallying on. I'm not sure what the exact number was. I think it was 24, 26, somewhere around there. You know, much thanks to them. But it was just nice to see them them fight. And I remember a couple podcasts back, I was sitting here talking about Michigan basketball. And the, the one thing I asked for was for them to fight down the stretch. Just fight. And I think they've done a very good job of doing that. I think it was after the Indiana game. I think they've done a fantastic job of doing that since then. You know, Rutgers game, like that's just a gritty game. You get down, I think, 10 really early. Like that game could get away from you right there. What do they do? They just punch back and didn't look back from there. This Wisconsin game. You could have given up when they got up three there at the end of the game. Instead, you know, you make a shot. And then even in overtime, you threw your punch. Wisconsin punched back. Wisconsin got up early in that overtime. I think five points they got up early, which is not like a crazy margin, but when you're talking about a five-minute period, that's that's a solid amount of points to be up by. And Michigan punched back and came up, won by, won by what is it, eight? I think that's my – yeah, that's math. So eight points. I mean, I think that – it's just annoying that it happened now. You know what I mean? Like why – why where was this at the Seems beginning like of the year? 
back to back years. What what do you chalk that up to be? Why? I mean, it's it's a tough question to ask, and I think a lot of people ask it, and I don't know if I have an answer. But if you had to to put, not necessarily the blame, but what what do you think makes this team take so long to get going? Because it's been two years now. It's, it has been two years. Three years makes a trend. Two years makes you makes you start to think. Yep, I think I would possibly question the leadership on the team, not necessarily only from the coaching, but from the players too. Probably mainly from the players. I don't know if I look at this team right now and say if there's a clear-cut leader they can mm-hmm. stand behind. I think Hunter Dickinson's the guy that's been you know the most dominant player on the team for the longest time, but I don't know if I see him you know, stepping up to be that guy that can lead the team all the time or yeah. anything like that. I think a guy like Kobe Bufkin has the talent, but this is his first year of really being in that larger role and playing He's kind as of a, well as he has. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know Kobe Bufkin, obviously. Right. <laughs> but from what I see watching him play basketball, he seemed like kind of quiet guy. Like, I don't know if right. he's the guy that's stepping up in the locker room, Right. which I wonder, you know, if you're an NBA scout, maybe that's something you shy away from, please. I would love it. And then I would love him to just come out and be the craziest emotional leader, like a great all-time emotional leader, great basketball player for Michigan next year. But I just – it's it's a lot to wonder about where the leadership is going to come from on this team as you were looking at guaranteed two games left, hopefully more. Hopefully. Getting into those two games, you have at Indiana. That's going to be your last regular season game. And uh, you can kind of tie this in with their tourney outlook. I, I wrote down a couple numbers here I just want to share. Uh, so these are the numbers Thursday – uh, their percentage chance to Bart Torvik tourniquet. So their percentage chance to make the tournament before that Illinois game was 28.6. So, you know, not not a great chance, but there's definitely still a shot there. After losing, it's still 19.2. So, yes, it dropped a considerable amount. However, there is still a good shot of making the tournament if you go out and you get an upset or two. Sure. If you go out and beat a couple teams you're not supposed to beat in these last two games, there is a shot of making the tournament. You look at other places, and you're like, oh, well, this Michigan team's so frustrating. And, yes, they are. And, and here's a prime example of why. These are their numbers before the game, and these are their numbers after the game. So they're 42nd in Kempom, and now they're still 42nd. Their adjusted offense went up a tick, so they're 41st as opposed to 42nd. And their adjusted defense was 60th before the game, and it's 58th after the game. And Bart Torvik, Bart Torvik they stayed the same at 47, and in the net, they stayed the same at 54. So they lost a game on the road against Illinois in three, two overtime, sorry. And the, the majority of their numbers stayed the same or went up. And I feel like that's just kind of encapsulates Michigan season right there where they play, they play good. And then it just, they don't find ways to win. Right. You've seen it so many times this year, whether it's, I mean, I don't know, Virginia, or I've, I've listed up the games so many times here that, there's just so many frustrating games this year that they should have won and just kind of fell apart down the stretch. And I wonder if if maybe one or two of those bounces went their way, how our season would have changed earlier, you know? For sure. What do you think they need to do to make the tournament? They here, let me just sorry, before you before you talk, sorry. Um 
they have at Indiana, they go to the Big Ten tournament. They could be a double buy. They could be a single buy. Honestly, it, it's really riding on that Indiana game. I haven't looked into, you know, what has to happen here, what has to happen there. You know what? In my opinion, just win the game and all will solve itself out from there. But what do you think they have to do in that Indiana game and in the Big Ten tournament to make the tournament, the NCAA tournament? I think you have to come out in this Indiana game and set the tone for yep. the rest of your season. Mm-hmm. I think this game is a tone setter for the Big Ten tournament going into that and hopefully uh, – the NCAA tournament as well. I think this tournament, you have to, this game, you have to come out and show what you can do. Not, you know, you've shown, like you talked about, that you can fight and hang in there in games, but you have to finish this game. You have to bounce back from the tough loss at Illinois. Mm-hmm. And this is a game you have to show that you can finish it and take that same energy and keep it rolling into the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. College basketball is a game of adjustments, in my opinion. It You can fluctuate in the right way. You can fluctuate in the wrong way really, really quickly, depending on how you, how you react after a loss. And I think they have to react the right way here after a loss and just come out absolutely firing against this Indiana team. If you get down early, Indiana is going to take you out of the game. Assembly Hall is one of the best atmospheres in all of sports. If you get down early in this game, they will absolutely take you out of the game. It'll be done early. We're going to be sitting there on Sunday and be like, all right, well, here comes the Big Ten tournament. It's going to be fun. Woohoo. That's going to be the rest of our season unless, you know, you, you – we'll get into the NIT stuff later. But – Hopefully we don't have to. Yeah, yeah. I think what you have to do, if you beat Indiana, you got to win one – to have a chance to to be you know firmly i think in to the ncaa tournament i think if you win one you're gonna have to have a little bit of help outside right but you can still get there but if you if you win two i think you're in if you lose to indiana however i think your at large bids are are done i think you're gonna have to win the big 10 tournament or you're done you're still gonna be in the nit tournament which just real briefly on the nit tournament if you get offered the NIT tournament, I think you 100% go. Sure. I think that this is a very young team with a lot of players who are going to return next year. I mean, you look at this team, they're going to lose Joey Baker, maybe Kobe Bufkin, I, I, Jet Howard, okay. Yeah. Whatever, Jet. Jet Good. Gosh, we didn't even talk about that. Jet is – whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get into it. Uh and I think like getting these guards, young guards, Doug McDaniel, uh, I guess he's the only young guard, but just getting <laughs> I'm, I'm getting getting these guys that haven't had any really experience in tournament, because other than Hunter Dickinson and, and Joey Baker, you really don't have anybody that has tournament experience. I think any tournament you can get experience in is a plus, even if it's the NIT. I think you go and you play and you know what? Win the thing. Who cares? Don't don't hang a banner, please. I know they all like to hang their banners, but just you go, you win, you get experience, you come back, and you look forward to next year. Which is, uh, it sucks if you're a Michigan fan, but you know it's. I feel like it's kind of the reality we are looking at now. Yeah, I agree with that. Do you have anything else on Michigan? No, I think here we said we don't want to get into Jet Howard too much. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you can but briefly touch on that. I, I, I'd I like to stake. I can only oh, briefly okay. touch on it. Ah. So I think uh, it's best if we move on right now. All right. Um, how do we want to? You know what? Let's go to a break, and we're going to come back, talk about Michigan State, and we're going to talk about a little bit of Red Wings and then preview what we got coming up next, and we're going to wrap this thing up. This podcast is sponsored by Hoop and Dads. Does your dad ever give you the business in the driveway? You ever standing under the rim trying to guard your dad and he just comes and just dunks all over you? He may know that you're nine years old. He doesn't care. He's like Hunter Dickinson against the Northwestern lineup. He's like Hunter Dickinson when he plays Maryland. He's putting up 50 no matter what. Thank you, Hoopin' Dads, for sponsoring this podcast. It's really a blessing that we can get a sponsor such as good as this one for this amazing podcast. Brett, what do you know about Hoopin' Dads? You know, I aspire to be a Hoopin' Dad myself one day. Long ways to go. Hoping to get there. Me too. Hopefully, you know, just having them as a sponsor of this podcast gets us closer to the Hoopin' Dads. Maybe one day we can become one. Hopefully. Wonderful. Let's get on to Michigan State. <laughs> there are no hooping dads on Michigan State, at least that I know of. I don't know if any of them have kids. Who knows? Tom has a kid, and he plays for his team. All right. So Michigan State played at Iowa, and before we get into anything, Brett, tell us about that Iowa game. Well, what a game, I think. You know, from the get-go, you knew it was going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, but I don't think anybody quite could have predicted what it ended up being. No. I think, you know, we were watching that game together early on. We were like, oh, man, this game's going to end in the 80s. Oh, yeah. And it ended up being, what, 112 to 106? That is what, yes. OT? That was... Oh, gosh. And you have Michigan State up. Double digits with a minute and 30 seconds, or like maybe not less than that. I think I don't remember. Yeah, it's it's been about a week since that game happened. So, you know, you know, me getting old these days, as they as the 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 hoop and dads say. Um, (laughs) I I, my memory is going, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I I don't remember exactly the exact numbers from that game, but Iowa pulled an insane comeback in that uh. At the end of that game, Peyton Sanford hit a three to take us to overtime. And then overtime, they kind of just took over, took over the game. What a what a week in Iowa! You know, this is not an Iowa podcast, but got to highlight Caitlin Clark. You know, she made that buzzer beater three, and Peyton Sanford made a buzzer beater three. I mean, if you're an Iowa Hawkeyes fan, oh, and you beat LSU in baseball, yeah. number one team in the nation. If you're if you're an Iowa Hawkeyes fan, you got to be ecstatic. I feel like, but that that was an insane game. Uh, doesn't matter a ton for Michigan State that they lost that one. Obviously one you would like to have for seeding, I feel like. But in the standpoint of, oh, we're getting into the tournament or we're not getting in the tournament, they're pretty much safe, I would say, especially after you beat Nebraska at Nebraska. Again, they were kind of down early, but didn't matter in the long run. You know, they they ended up finishing off the right way. Uh, as as this team normally does, a, a thing that Michigan you know struggles with that we kind of just talked about. But so they're sitting here, uh, went one and one the past two games. Um, they got a game left against Ohio State, which is you know Ohio State. Now they 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 are coming off two straight wins over 
Illinois and Maryland, I think. Hopefully, hopefully that's right. Um, Illinois and Maryland, uh, but Ohio State team that at home on Senior Day, Michigan State should one hundred percent take care of. I would think. What do you think their their turning outlook is? Obviously, they're going. I would see them probably as a seven to ten seed, maybe a six if you finish the right way. What what do you think the outlook for the tournament is for these Spartans here? You know, I think it's going to depend on how this game against Ohio State goes and how the Big Ten tournament goes for them. I think, like you said, I think that seven to ten range is probably most accurate. I think if they, you know, lose this game, lose say their first game in the tournament, then probably sitting down there at 10. Yeah, but I think 10 is the floor. I would agree. But I would not be surprised if they won this game, won a game or two in the tournament, and ended up maybe sneaking in as a 7. Yeah, and at this point, who really knows where they're going to end up in the Big Ten tournament? Can end up, I don't know the exact numbers, but you know the Big tournament, tur- Big Ten tournament is so wide open at this point that anybody can almost end up at 2 or they can end up at like 9. Right. At this point, it's it's kind of a an odd situation that they find themselves in the Big Ten tournament. And just, college basketball is insane, uh, and Michigan State's last week has been a complete just uh, showing of that. What do you think? You know, what do you think their ceiling and floor is? Obviously, their floor, in my opinion, is is losing in the round of sixty four. But what do you think their ceiling could be in the NCAA tournament as Right now, they're sitting at, I wrote down all the numbers here from TourneyCast. They have 100% to be in, whatever, okay. 54% to make the round of 32, 21% to make the Sweet 16, 9% to make the Elite Eight, 3% to make the Final Four, 1% to make the Finals, and then 0.3% to win the championship. So, you know, obviously, it's like that for a lot of teams. Right. But what, what do you see their ceiling being for the NCAA tournament here? You know, I say the absolute ceiling I see for this team is the Sweet 16. I more realistically see them losing in the round of 32, but I think the ceiling for this team is the Sweet 16. I would agree. I think uh, best-case scenario, you are in the Sweet 16, you play a good game, and, and you end up on the wrong side of it. Worst case scenario, you could lose in the sweet or shoot the sweet round of sixty four. I think if I had to make a bracket today, which I do often as a bracketologist expert, if I had to make a bracket today and pick where I thought they were going to end up, I'd say probably round of thirty two. I think round of thirty two is probably a fair assessment. Now, if they do end up on the round of thirty two, this is a team that came into the season unranked, not really crazy high expectations. What what would you think about this season for Michigan State as a whole? As a whole, I would probably say, you know, coming into it how they did without the expectations, like you said, I would say this is maybe if you end up being a round of 32 exit, I'd say that's, you know, maybe where you expect it to be. Mm-hmm. I think as a Michigan State team, you expect to make the tournament every year. And I think you expect to win a game too, but anything past that is never a guarantee. But I think 
looking at the season, I think going into it, winning a game in the tournament is probably just about where you expect it to be. Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, it's not really a situation where they exceed expectations or don't exceed expectations. Like I feel like they're they're right where they were expected to be, which honestly, if you're a Michigan fan, you're like, why can't we be that? Right. And I think a lot of teams are thinking the exact same thing. Why can't we be where Michigan State is right now? I think that if you go to the Sweet 16, this season is a 100% success. And I think the way that you go to the Sweet 16 is if your guard play with Jaden Akins, A.J. Hoggard, Tyson Walker, if they just take over the way they have in, in a lot of games actually this year, I feel like that could be something that Michigan State fans are like, all right, this season is – a very good season just because it's fun. You know, it's 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 fun in one way watching Hunter Dickinson, watching Zach Eady, watching all of these fantastic bigs around the country just take over games. But you know what's even more fun when you have a little guard who just starts pulling up from three, and that's why everybody wants to be Steph Curry. You know, like everybody, the new wave in the NBA and all college basketball, you know, just shoot the three ball. And when you have these guards that shoot the three ball, can drive, and it's honestly, I feel like, in my opinion, a little more fun to watch. Yeah. I nothing against you know watching big men because I have I have a fantastic time watching like big men down in the paint, you know, doing their thing, getting a lot of points. Hunter Dickinson laying down the the wood all the time, you know, just doing everything he needs to do. And all these players, I feel like watching guards play is maybe a little more exciting. Yep. And if the guards can just lead you down the stretch here, you know, I feel like Michigan State is like that season was awesome. You know, right. It's not always how it ends like it, it definitely is how it ends it's not always you know what round you end in it's the note you ended on yeah it's the way you ended and it's like honestly for fans it's how much fun did you have watching them sure i feel like there's a lot of fans out there that are like okay well i had a blast watching them this year maybe they lost in the round of 32 but like these guards are for real and we're probably getting hoggard back we're probably getting akins back not 100% sure on Tyson Walker what his deal is. Uh, we're going to highlight more of that when we get to the offseason is who's coming back, who's this, who's that, you know. But I'm not 100% sure on that. But I feel like if if you're watching this team, you have to be just happy that you got to see this team play for a whole year. In a year that you didn't really have a ton of expectations for Michigan State basketball, you got to enjoy them so much, I think. What else? Uh, anything else on Michigan State? That's about all I got to say. All right. So uh, I said last week, you know, not never been a crazy hockey guy. I, I enjoy watching hockey, um, but I just never really got into it. Uh, I did watch the Red Wings last four games, and they've lost all four of them. So that's <laughs> great. Lost one to Tampa Bay, lost two to Ottawa, and then lost last night to the Kraken. And at least that one was in overtime, so you picked up a point, I believe. Maybe you don't. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I understand. But they made some trades because today is the hockey trade deadline. So that's kind of what I'm just going to list out for you. I, I've read up on them, done a little bit of research, and I can try and give you the best analysis I can. You know, no promises that it's great. So don't don't come for me. But First trade they made, okay. Right first trade they made was they, they traded defenseman Philip Peronic for uh to the Canucks for a first that was the Islanders first. Um 
that will be this year. However, if it's a top 12 pick, which it's possible it could be, most likely won't be. If it is a top 12 pick, it'll be moved to 2024. And they also acquired a second rounder. It's honestly a little bit of a salary dump. You know, Philip Hronik is a guy that who knows how long he'd be a Red Wing. He was definitely our best defenseman. So that's something that we're going to miss as a team that definitely has not been very well uh, equipped in the defenseman side of the the rink. Uh, he's definitely a guy that we're going to miss. He he led the team in points as a defenseman and, and definitely a guy that we're going to miss, you know, but you got to get draft capital because I think you just got to keep improving this young team and keep getting young players around the core that you've built. So I, I, I don't mind that trade at all. It's It's definitely a look to the future, not win now type of trade, however, and all of these trades really are. The other trade they made was they got – a first in 2024 and a fourth in 2025 from the Bruins for Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, you know, one of the very few goals that I saw the Red Wings score was a Tyler Bertuzzi goal. So it kind of sucks for me because it's like, oh, I like this guy. Um, but he was a guy that is going to be a free agent at the end of this year and was most likely going to walk. So it was kind of a get rid of him or you're going to just eat his contract for the rest of the year for no reason. And they do still eat 50% of his contract, but at least they get a little bit of draft capital from a guy who was probably going to be gone either way at the end of this year. Like I said, with the Heronic trade, it's definitely a not this year, not win now type trade is definitely a win later type trade. And then you, the final trade that they made, you know, they, if they made one in the last hour or so I, I missed it, I haven't looked, but the final trade that I saw was they traded Jakob Verana to the St. Louis Blues for center Dylan McLaughlin and a seventh in 2025. Uh, this is another guy, get rid of his salary. He uh, cost the team a little too much. Never really uh, a outstanding player for the Red Wings. McLaughlin is a guy that hasn't been in the NHL yet. He's 27 years old. He's been in the AHL, so basically hockey minor leagues for those that don't know. Uh for his whole career, we could bring him up and who knows what he is. And then you get a seven. So it's, it's really just get rid of that salary. It's and, and get a tiny bit back for him is honestly what we did with that trade. And again, it's a good thing. Cause I think that this off season, they, they can make some moves signing the right guys and, and get a couple guys in the draft where this could be a team next year. that like, okay, this is uh almost like the lions. They're almost, almost like the Lions in a sense where you're like, okay, if they make the right moves in free agency, draft pretty good here, they're a team that'd be like, okay, like this is, they're legit now, you know? And then the final thing they did that is probably the most exciting move, and some people don't like it, some people like it, signed Dylan Larkins, eight years, $69.6 million for those eight years. Uh, I personally like it, Dylan Larkins. I feel like if you're a just Detroiter and don't really pay attention to Red Wings hockey as I am, uh well it was i'm gonna try and pay attention now we'll see we'll see how long it lasts but uh he's a guy that everybody pretty much knows i feel like dylan larkins he's a very recognizable name uh i believe he went to michigan i don't think i'm wrong in saying that if i am wrong well whatever um but he's been a a red wings fan his whole life a guy that keeping him keeping him here for the rest of his career is something that i think was a, a very good thing for them and you know, sure, you paid him a good amount of money, but I think he's a guy that deserves that amount of money and a guy that you're going to want to keep here, and you just dumped a bunch of cap space. So 
now you you put a little bit into Dylan Larkins and you still have plenty left to take care of whatever you need to take care of in the offseason. That's your little hockey hour right there, hockey, hockey corner. Um, let's see. What else do we – I mean, we got we to gotta highlight. So, okay, I'll do that right now. Coming up this Sunday, I'm really excited. You guys should be too. I am juiced. Very, very juiced. I know Brett is too, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Juiced. Yeah. So we're doing a little mock draft. Here's how it's going to work. I'll explain this all again on Sunday, but I'll just give you a little quick rundown of what we're going to do. Me, Brett, Logan, and Luke will be there. We're, we each get – so how we did it is we each get like one through four in order, and then from there it's just a snake the rest of the draft, and we're drafting for whatever team falls at that pick. There's going to be no trades because we're going to do a trade uh, draft later where we're going to do some trades, but it was just a little too much to, to do trades this time in the in the season where it's so early, and we just really want to get to know the players a little bit more is really what we're doing this for is so everybody can get to know the players from this draft and all of that. The other thing I do want to say, and I'm going to say this again on Sunday, when the big organizations do these drafts like CBS and on podcasts, they all know who they're picking before like they have a spreadsheet that says who everybody picks so they actually do the draft beforehand that's not exactly what we're doing (laughs) we have no clue who anybody's picking like other than what we want to do at each pick so uh i think what i'm probably most excited for is when somebody takes the person that they wanted to pick Mm -hmm. and then you just have that person sitting there frantically just like who do i take i don't know what to do like I'm just so ready for that awkward silence <laughs> where they're like, what do I do? You know what I mean? That's honestly what I'm most excited for. What are you most excited for for this uh, Sunday draft pod? You know, I'm excited to see how it goes. I'm uh, definitely excited to see what happens with the Lions picks, you know, who it ends up getting taken at six overall. Mm. And uh, later on at 18, I'm looking, to for- looking forward to seeing how that goes. For sure. For sure. So... What else is happening in the world these days? Anything exciting? No. For all you high school basketball players, it's district season. That's exciting. District season. Uh, wish I could tell you who I thought was going to win it all. I have no clue. Me neither. <laughs> yeah, so that's great. Um, shoot, I don't think there's anything else. So I'm going to wrap this up. Think good? Yeah, sounds good. All right. So, like I said, we're going to be back here again on Sunday talking to you guys. Uh, Hopefully it's posted on Sunday. If it's not, it'll be posted on Monday for sure. It just depends when, how late. We're not sure what time we're doing it. So it could be posted on Monday. So that's just a little disclaimer. Um, You know, let's grow this podcast. Share it to all your friends. Uh, you know, if you got Apple, Spotify, whatever, however you listen to this podcast, give it a five stars, subscribe, uh, all of that fun stuff, you know, share it. If, if you have a hoop and dad, really, if, if you are a hoop and dad, if you have a hoop and dad, if, if, if you know a hoop and dad, just, just share it to that hoop and dad, or just share it to the other hoop and dad. Cause you know, all these hoop and dads, they, they, they got like a club together, oh, yeah. all the hoop, cause Who's the dad going to hoop with? Other dads. Other dads. Other hooping dads. So I feel like that should be a reason why we should really get more plays coming out from here is because of the hooping dad. So if, if you're a hooping dad, I challenge you. 
to grow this podcast. <laughs> that, that's that's uh, that's what I think. But that I think does it. We will talk to you guys again Sunday for a very fun special mock draft podcast. Until then, go blue. See you guys.